0: Oh, and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 119. Let's roll. This, this week on Twitter, there was a lot of talk about Bijan, about the 1.01, a lot of conversation, a lot of people engaging in that conversation, and a lot of people maybe understanding some of the tweets, some of them misunderstanding the tweets. I'd sent a tweet about there's going to be a lot of 2023 dynasty rosters with Bijan on it that don't make the playoffs. People are like, no shit, because it's the 101 and yada yada. But what I'm getting at here is that Something that Charles Chill touched upon, too, with his tweet, and we were kind of dancing in the same streets as we always do, is that I think he's in a lot of leagues, I'm in a lot of leagues. And right now, there's a lot of people, um, you know, uh, transacting or talking about trades, talking about what's going on. This is the exciting part of Dynasty, when we really start to dissect these rookies and start to make moves and reconfigure our team for that upcoming year Uh, free agency upon us the draft coming you know it's super exciting well what happens is is many times not always but many times the 1.01 was a tanking team or a losing team or perhaps a roster that just isn't complete yet they hold that 1.01 I know there's a myriad of different options where someone might have the 101 and a bunch of other picks or all different things but in many cases I see the 1.01 team doesn't isn't a running back away yet they're holding this valuable chip and oftentimes they'll say things like dude I'm taking Bijan forget it or this pick's not for sale bro and it's like that is the wrong answer the right answer is I don't know what I'm doing yet what do you think <laughs> right ask your league mate oh my god you'd trade for this pick like Open up the dialogue. Hear what people have to say. Who knows? You might get some stupid-ass offer. What if someone was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll pay you Justin Jefferson in a 24 first for it. You know what? Click. I mean, right? Accept the offers. Take them in. See what you've got. You've got plenty of time to either do or don't trade or or what you're going to do in most leagues, right? I was thinking today, too, my process is going to sort of have a pinnacle somewhere around, you know, April or May. We're not looking to make decisions on who we're drafting today. Now, I know some of you wackos are in some leagues that draft now or maybe draft a little bit sooner. I, I understand that, but that's not the majority. I'm in like 20 leagues. All of them draft just after or somewhat after the NFL draft. So that's what we're going to sort of predicate everything on. And sometimes we have some conversation of, if we're drafting now, but most of you don't. So why are you worried about who you're going to take or what you're going to do? Relax, hear the offers. That's the key, because if you're not a running back away and you can somehow get multiple picks, I'm in a particular league where I would like the 1.01 and I have the 102, the 103, the 104, the 107, the 108 and the 109. I made an offer to the 101. He kind of was like, nah, not doing nothing. I was like, here I am holding six first round picks this guy doesn't even have a qb2 in a super flex league man he could be like well uh the two three and four he could maybe i don't know i don't know if i would do it i probably wouldn't but why isn't he asking he should be putting pressure back upon me going yeah if you want it how about the yada 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 and then i'd have to sit there and go oh ay, yeah ay, ay. oh boy i could get the 1.01 if only i just right That's what you want to do. Place pressure back upon your league mates to see what's possible. And joining me today to talk about all that and more is my good friend, Mr. Derek Fuchs. You guys might remember him a few few episodes back. Mr. Fuchs was on here and uh, reviews were good, man. We had a lot of fun. Mr. Derek Fuchs, you can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Derek Fuchs. Fuches, that's Fuchs. That's F U C H S. Don't misspell it, folks. Derek, what's going on, buddy?
1: None. Thanks for having me. Um, happy to be back on. I, that's good to hear that you had some good reviews. Uh, it's pretty nervous the first time, but <laughs> now that I'm getting into the swing of things, this is great.
0: Yeah, it was fun, man. You uh, you, you did a great job, and uh, you know, I'm very very sure you'll do do well again. Hey, what do you think about all this uh, this 1.01 talk? Um, I'm sure. I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any 1.01s?
1: Uh, no, uh, luckily I didn't, didn't tank too hard. Uh, I got a lot of one Oh twos and one Oh threes though. So I'm, I'm just right there, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I I love the, love your thought on Bijan. Uh, it's pretty close to what I think. Um, I think he is the one Oh one for all the skill positions this year for, for dynasty drafts, but I'm not exactly locked in to drafting him at the one Oh one. If it really does depend on your team's comp, your, you know, what your need is. Uh, I mean, if you're in the one-on-one, you probably have other other gaps as well. And I don't know if necessarily running back solves those issues, but, you know, Dynasty, you're in for a long haul too. If, if you think you're running back away, then go ahead.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, there, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, uh teams that'll have the one one it's not all the shitty teams that tanked or whatever so no, there fair. are teams that you know that that bijan makes a ton of sense on i, I always just look at those opportunity cost. i'd you know had some people on twitter say well you know maybe his value will go up you know bijan that is if he has a great rookie season it's like well yeah sure but how far up like i look here's the thing is every league has its own economy that is just true. You know, I, 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 you know, I have enough sort of responses on some of my Twitter posts that I I find it interesting. You know, there, someone was asking, you know, what's the iron price or whatever. And some guys were saying like, they offered Jamar chase plus a first or whatever got turned down. And then another guy's like, I sold it for Olave plus a second. You're like, geez, Louise. So the values, (laughs) right. It's true. Uh, These are real. I saw
1: that's, that's incredible. Just the, the, it's, it's funny that some people can so easily get into like that take lock where it's like I'm not moving the 101 but if somebody offered me Jamar Chase for the 101 I'm like I'm listening I'm I'm definitely definitely thinking I'm not just immediately declining.
0: Right? So I mean but and so the economies are different from league yeah. to league but the but the the idea of getting overpaid now is like can can you trade JT for Jamar Chase? Probably not. And yet you could trade the 1.01 for Jamar Chase or whatever, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying in every league you'll be able to get this, but like that's conceivable. And so what happens is, is that, you know, sometimes even when a player does have that, you know, that great season or whatever, it, the, the value doesn't go up. And, and there's a certain psychology behind that, that people can sometimes understand. It's like the 1.01 represents hope and promise. And the ability to push the button for somebody, which is super fun, as opposed to just getting them on your team. You also get to be on the clock with Bijan and hit it. and Yeah, I did it. You know, there's that whole thing. And so people really get off on that. And it's also the black box, right? I think I've said this on the show before. It's like you can have $1,000 or what's in the black box. You're like, hmm, yeah. I do love a good black
1: box. Like what could saying, it be? Like- Right? You know, so, I know in the discord, we always bring up the, the, the family guy episode where like uh, uh, Peter's at the dealership and he's deciding between the box or the boat. Yes. It's like, but the box can be anything. Like yeah. it, it can even be a boat. They're like, okay. <laughs> or just take the boat. And it's actually it's, it's always that, that analogy. It works so well for for some of these high draft picks. Cause you're right. Like I can trade you with a one the one oh two for an next player. But if I change out the pick as a, an equal player that changes people's perspective immediately on the value though. Like, yes. I don't want that player and stuff like that. It's just, it's insane to me that like, oh, I shouldn't say it's insane, but it's, it's just incredible that, uh, I don't care what table, what calculator you look at for trading, like values are going to be different from person to person. Yes. League. It's always different. So that's that's what you said. It's, it always comes from different perspectives. So you totally. Like and, to take that
0: it, like, well. and like Bijan could be like, He's Ladanian Tomlinson wrapped in Walter Payton, served on a dish of you know what I mean, right? Of Eric Dickerson. It's like yes, he's all these things. He's gonna be the greatest running back of all time. Then he plays and he's awesome, and he's just a guy, and he's like, oh, he's he's just you know, he's just a great, twelve hundred yards every year. And yeah, look, well, he's Dalvin started. Cook. It's like well, yeah, exactly. that's really awesome, you know. It's like or whatever, you know. And I even had a guy I had to retweet him. He's like, he's gonna be worse than Trent Richardson. He's a bust. It's like, come on, get the hell out. No, of No, come on, you know, come on, get I mean, out of here yeah, so it could always happen, but that's kind of the point too, is like the the range of outcomes we, we only see upside oftentimes with these picks and it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just how we see it. And I've even been listening back to some of my prospect shows that we've done in the past. And it's like, I hear myself talking. I'm like, the floor is this and the ceilings that it's like, no, the floor was even lower than I said. And I was trying to be a good floor uh, guy. You know, I think, um, whatever, you know, I, I, you know, one guy, Naheem Hines was the floor. He was worse than Naheem Hines, you know? So it's like, sometimes you have to really remember that the floor is almost net zero with most of these prospects. And we often never see it. Um, obviously with Bijan, it's different, but the point is we're only sort of seeing right. the lofty heights of the ceiling. And then once he plays, he's just another player, not this sort of imagination, uh,
1: you know, machine. So that's what it is. I love it. No, nope, You're hundred percent. Right. And, and I mean, I'd rather be optimistic than pessimistic when you're evaluating because you want yes. that upside, you want to get up. So I, I totally understand shooting for the moon and wanting the best, but sometimes well, it's, sometimes it's... you do need to get brought to reality and be like, there, there, is, a, there is a path where, depending on where Bijan lanes in the draft, that this could be not great. Yeah. like, that. like it, it always can change so
0: yeah and, and i've had some people say well what if he lands in a timeshare and i'm like no wherever he lands there's no longer a timeshare that's right. how this guy works like you know there it's like jt well it could be shit no he's not that's not what happens this guy's a, a walking non-timeshare there's um, people
1: arguing about that for Brees hall and yes. like because like the michael carter i don't give a shit about michael carter Brees hall took like right. over that 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 backfill that's is right the timeshare but yeah, it should be the same for Bijan.
0: Yes, it will be the same for Bijan. I mean, he is an every down player. Um, We're gonna. I can't wait to talk. I did a little bit of homework, a little bit of homework on um, some prospects, and I'm starting to do more uh, in the coming days. And then, you know, I think I'm, you know, going to make the promise in the next couple weeks. We're really going to get into that. But speaking of imagination, uh, (laughs) some people are really using their imagination for you know Brock Purdy and what they were able to do against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, You know. This whole thing now with Purdy and Lance is such an an exciting thing for me to watch take place on Twitter. What what have you seen? What do you love?
1: I mean, it's just one of those like really good stories that NFL tends to generate. We got a guy that was drafted literally as Mr. Irrelevant, very last pick of the draft, wasn't even supposed to see the field, ends up seeing the field, 6-0, wins a playoff game, doing really well, but you know looking at the future uh, what are the, what the hell do the 49ers do do they right. have to stick with Purdy or do they go with the guy they invested you know a bunch of draft capital some time and like a kind of a unknown prospect so it's just it's a super interesting storyline i think lance personally I, if i'm going to pick i think lance is winning out i mean you don't you don't put in that that much investment and you don't at least see what you have but i mean it's hard to argue how i mean if purdy takes them safe in the NFC championship how the hell do you bench him? Like
0: that's, yeah. that's the other that's the other side of things. Well, that's the thing. We were kind of chit-chatting about this pre-show. It was like every week Purdy wins, Trey Lance the look, I've said it this way the the uh the likelihood that Trey Lance is the starter, week one, play one next year is whatever it is. Let's just say it's fifty one percent, let's say it's seventy five percent, whatever it is. With every win that Brock Purdy wins, <laughs> that number goes down. You yeah. know, right? It's like because if he wins the Super Bowl, Well, then there's a gigantic (laughs) amount of pressure for him to be the quarterback next year. That's just how this shit works. Like, now, if he goes out in a blaze of glory and throws five picks and it's like ugly and they lose to the Cowboys at home this week, well, then Lance is almost 100%. Like, so how this ends, ironically, even though you you would think the evaluation would be more sort of like pragmatic and meritocracy based, but I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like, you know, court of public opinion a little bit has a lot to do with it because you know the owners are important right you know right. They're, if, if you're if the guy who signs your paycheck says oh yeah Lance is the starter Lance is probably the starter
1: <laughs> right and and, it, and I guess for for my sake you know we we can evaluate Purdy but I'm I'm still skeptical how much of it is him like we've seen in the past with Kyle Shanahan's offenses that you know, quarterbacks just tend to excel. He does a really good job of game planning and maximizing their strengths. I mean, we saw it with Nick Mullins. We saw it with CJ Beathard. We've seen it with uh, a plethora of previous seasons. I mean, he, I mean, we got an MVP season from Matt Ryan, right? Like (laughs) like that was a reason for a lot of success was from Kyle Shanahan. So getting him the most out of Brock Purdy uh, just should just translate to Trey Lance being that much better. Like Trey Lance should be able to step into that spot and be like, I'm a, I can be a better passer, and I can add the ability to be a runner. Like that's how dynamic that offense should be with him. So, yeah, it, and Trey like Lance should get this. Uh, get the.
0: You're, you're right. Like Bethard, Mullins, Purdy, Jimmy G, all very, very successful in the San Francisco system. Really, only one player who hasn't really been successful in the San Francisco system and the Shanahan system, and that's Trey Lance. It was like um, ironically, Trey
1: Lance, and his and his few few starts, he's looked unimpressive.
0: Yes, I, you know I kind of tease because I don't. I've 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 been staunchly on the corner of we don't know shit about Trey Lance. You know I've heard a lot of people saying like, you know, well, you know how how are you going to judge? It's funny because they judge Brock Purdy as not being good somehow, even though he's been good. But we don't know if Trey Lance is good because of a small sample size. And I, my nickname for Trey Lance is small sample size. Dude has thrown four hundred and twenty <laughs> pass attempts since two thousand and seventeen total pass attempts in college and pros since 2017 that is a small sample (laughs) we just have no idea if this championship (laughs) jv winning quarterback who had one good season for north dakota a dominant north dakota state team is that right the north yeah Yeah, right uh north dakota state team is any good we just don't know and he's not an athlete of the level of lamar jackson jalen hurts and you know um And Justin Fields, he's just not. You know, his big play percentage on the ground is far, far, far less than those three guys. Those guys break off big runs when they run it, and that's not a small sample. Trey Lance has had enough opportunities to have shown his big play percentage should show, and it has not. And it's happening in an offense that, oh, Brock Purdy's got room to do anything he wants, but Trey Lance couldn't get shit done. So I'm just saying those are the facts do I still think there's an opportunity and a possibility that Trey Lance is like an MVP pro bowl level quarterback? I do. I just don't think it's very likely and it becomes less and less likely as we move along.
1: Agreed. Nope. Well said too. I think that's. Thank you. Thank you. That's
0: why That's why they gave me this podcast. I could say some <laughs> things like that. Hey, speaking of quarterback versus quarterback, boy, we saw an awesome game uh, last week and it was like, it was so fun to watch the Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Herbert matchup. D- didn't you um, love
1: it? That was a great game. I love the, the tale of two halves. Uh, yes. You know, uh, definitely showed showcase both of them. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, there's a reason why I wanted to buy into him all off season. And then during the season, even and before he really took off in the second half. And I remember I was like, like watching the game. There was like the first, like couple picks. I had a tweet ready to go. I was like, this is your buy window now for Trevor Lawrence. And then, He kept throwing interceptions. So I was like, I'll never send this tweet out there. I'll be, I'll get roasted. There'll be cult takes everywhere. And now I wish I did because, but now, but now there is no buy window. Trevor Lawrence now is top six, easy for dynasty quarterbacks. It's going to be real hard to to get him on your rosters if you didn't already draft him.
0: Yeah, totally. I, 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 you know, I've been saying for a long time, just because like during the middle of the season, he was showing like, Like last year, it felt like there was questions. Oh my God, is he even going to be whatever? You know, there was a lot of questions, right? And then um, this year, I think people were holding on to that a little bit. um, And they were afraid to sort of say that he's good. And because the team isn't all that good and he wasn't all that prolific and Mm -hmm. people were just sort of holding on to their priors a little bit with Trevor. And I was like, trade Trevor for Kyler. I mean, trade Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence, like, you know, during the season, I was like, even though that didn't sound right, Trevor was a was a was a quarterback on the rise, and now I think you're right. You know, he's definitely in that in. I, I said it before; I'll say it again. He's in that Burrow and Herbert, yep. you know, That's range. Where yep.
1: Yeah, now he's right there because now he's done it with the weapons he has. Now he's he'll have another year in the offense, and then he gets Calvin Ridley. So it's just like this. The only other question mark is if they're going to bring back Evan Ingram. But other than that, like, there's I am. I was all in on Trevor Lawrence. I'm so happy to have him in some leagues just because I know there's more upside even for next year. It, 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 they get ETN involved in the passing game or they get Calvin Ridley. It's just like, yeah. his numbers are just going to look amazing. And that division, no offense to any of the fans out there. Jaguars should be a little more dominant now And that, that. So they should be, you know, I feel very comfortable that this offense is always going to be winning games. So it's just great. Like, I love it. Um, yeah, just watching his resolve, too, in that game. I mean, there's not many quarterbacks in their first playoff game that could throw four interceptions and then turn it around, stay mentally strong, and and throw it. So that this just goes to show for how good of, of a player Trevor Lawrence is and Doug Peterson as a coach. Just yeah, good, I'm kind of hoping that all –
0: I'm kind of hoping that all the fans in that division do take
1: offense to your statement. <laughs> I mean, I th- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the Texans are an absolute joke. I, I'll never understand that franchise, how it's operated. I'm assuming there's like a dartboard or like yeah. in the tail in the dark or something like that. Yeah. The Colts yeah. are in the same boat. I mean, at least they they knew what they're doing. They're tanking. Thank God Jeff Saturday is, is, is he, I mean, I, there's no way he gets another shot at the head coaching job. I he sure does. hope that's so. Just, I sure hope craziness. so. <laughs> And then Titans. the Titans, I like the Titans, but I mean, you're relying on Derrick Henry, like as your entire offense, like there's just, it, it's really tough to look at. I love the Vrabel is a great coach. Yeah. So that's kind of the saving grace for that franchise. But yep. other than that, like they're, nah. they're going to be struggling. So Jaguar was very up on the rise. They're very good vibes. I love it. I, I, think, that offense. Yeah, I
0: think Vrabel is that, you know, he's somewhere between Dan Campbell and Bill Belichick, which is like this perfect sort of coach. Right, he's got that sort of fiery, tough guy thing, but he's also yeah. really smart
1: and pragmatic. Was gonna, yeah, he's a really good players' coach, but he's also actually a really good football brain. So he's got this this great ma- mix of just like the perfect coach. I think Vrabel is going to win for the long haul. I think we'll be talking totally. about Vrabel in like twenty years as like a all thing coach.
0: Yeah, I think I think right now, if you're you know Tennessee's in good hands because of Vrabel. Yeah, Obviously, they need some things, you know, um, but you know, beside the point. Indianapolis, I love it. I, I hate the Colts. Like, just because, you know, the Colts are, you know, I'll be honest, the Colts are the 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 crying whiny babies who started Deflate Gate, which we all know is a fabricated thing. It wasn't real. It's like, come on, yeah. Oh, I'll even admit the balls were .01 psi lower than they should be. I do agree. But then we mopped them forty five to nothing or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, if only there was that .1, we would have we would have scored an extra fire. fifty points in that game if the balls hadn't been so under deflated. <laughs> um, just a bunch of nonsense, and you know, and. and you know, I've, I've I've said my piece, so Indianapolis can suck it. Uh, they go from quarterback to quarterback, just bad mistake to bad mistake. And then sure. to top it off, the Tony Dungy call of the game was the worst. Like, he's awful. Like, everything about you guys, just go away, Indianapolis. Nobody likes you. Just move that team to a better city.
1: Oh, well,
0: like, like I'm going to get hate be,
1: mail. <laughs> <laughs> you probably will, and that's fine. <laughs> I bet they'll
0: – yeah, they're <sighs> – the four people actually, poly sleepers, love you, buddy. I mean, there's actually I have a lot of good uh, Colts fans friends. You know, we got, um, we got Dukes, Dukes. The, for yeah, Dukes for the, the, for love the those. Dudes. I mean, I know we
1: got we got some diehard Colts fans, and it's just,
0: just they deserve better.
1: They do that, yeah. I mean, the the carousel of the veteran quarterbacks. I mean, my my guess is they'll probably just slot in Tannehill or something, and then move on to the next. We'll see. Right, right.
0: Who's? That's exactly right. They're just going to slot in washed quarterback X. <laughs> yes, just, just,
1: just the X, and then in a couple rinse of years, repeat off and then be, oh yes, it's just like keep keep this rotation going because they'll, they'll 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 be this perpetual sad sack of oh we used to have Andrew Luck and you retired too early. It's like, oh yeah, it was like Nick Nick move Foles on.
0: will just back yeah. up
1: whatever. Yeah, oh. Oh,
0: I love it. That's a great idea. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Indianapolis. We didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: catching strays for no reason. Yeah, we're talking no
0: for no Chargers and the, just the, the, J- the uh, S- yeah the kill well, Indianapolis Colts um, <laughs> tangent we just went on. But you know it's true with Trevor. I mean, he's that good. He's he was that type of prospect coming in, and it, apparently the stinky finger was that much of a. You know, was was pretty stinky. So it really, yeah. it really did uh, bother Trevor. So um, yeah, good, good for Doug Peterson. I definitely, yes,
1: he gets coach of the year. I think he's been incredible to turn around that franchise. I mean, so
0: awesome. So he was so see. well prepared. Like as well, soon that, as the uh, dummy Bosa got that uh, penalty, um, yes. on after the touchdown, they went for two because they're on the one. That play call was great. The the game sealer, the one where it was fourth and one. And they they ran that sort of like sweep to ETN was a brilliant play call, like an, a little bit gutsy because it's like, you know, you run a sweep type thing. You get, you know, tackled for a negative four and everybody goes, what the hell are you doing? You got to run the middle. You know, it's like no. it's a, it, the easiest criticism and, po- yep. you know, in hindsight. But like I thought it was a brilliant call. He put put pressure on the edge oh. and it was it was all there. I mean, it was such a great play call and it sealed the game. It was awesome.
1: I loved it. I love seeing it. I mean, those are some big balls to, to, to go out wide like that on the fourth down. That was great. And then, yeah, just like you said, the two point conversion and then getting it. So then they're going, you know, field goal and we win it. We're not just tying it. it. We're not playing for tying it. So that's just that mentality that like Doug Peterson, just like changing the course of like, we're in this to win guys. We're not just trying to, to, to tie or, or prevent us from losing. It's like this loser mentality. It's like, Doug's like, I'm going back to get a Super Bowl with this team. That's great. I love it. That's definitely, definitely love it. On the flip side, though, we see some cowardice from, from those chargers. I mean, that was this bad, bad coaching.
0: Yeah, it sure was. On the other hand, whoo, Brandon Staley taking shots from everybody. Even, even Rex Ryan was tiptoeing all over his ass, uh, you know, putting his foot in the fire, uh, you know, just, you know, <laughs> you know, Rex Ryan just stepping all over people with his bare feet. Uh, Rex Ryan can go fuck himself saying that Brandon Staley was disrespectful to the game. Shut the fuck up, Rex Ryan. Brandon Staley's just a uh, 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 probably in over his head coach, but he's not disrespectful to the game. Having a foot porn fetish with your wife and posting it online is probably more disrespectful. You overweight piece of shit. Anyway, I digress. But I think that Brandon Staley uh, sort of sowed his fate, uh, you know, the week before when he played all his starters, got Mike Williams hurt. I mean, do we really think a one point game that, you know, Mike Williams uh, healthy isn't worth one point in a game? I, I do think that that had a big uh, you know impact on the game because, you know, they would have converted a, a bit more. They would have had more pressure on the defense. Um, there was a lot of. A uh, criticism of Brandon Staley for not running in the second half, which I understand he ran the ball like eight times. I think he ran it eight times for like six yards. It it wasn't like, oh, that running game was working. It was getting stuffed and destroyed every single time. So throwing the football and trying to throw it short, they had a low depth of target. They were trying to replicate run with pass. I don't hate him for all that. But I think the fireable offense was two things. And it's the same thing that happened, thank God, to me in the Super Bowl with the Patriots against the Falcons, which was snapping the ball with like 20 seconds left when the clock is your your enemy, and two, was playing your starters in Week 18. Those are the two fireable offenses from a head coaching uh, role that I come with. Look, there's an offensive coordinator. He got fired for all this, the play calls, which, again, I don't even think was the biggest problem. It's the management of the game. It's the management of your roster. And I think for that, he needs to be fired. And also... If there's a chance you can get Sean Payton uh, to coach, you know Justin Herbert going forward, that's reason enough to fire anybody, especially this Brandon Staley.
1: Uh, I cannot agree more. Uh, honestly, I thought after Week 18, seeing Mike Williams get hurt and a meaningless game, and I know all the playoffs are kind of a new thing for the Chargers recently, so I know <laughs> they're in a weird position. But like, <laughs> you weren't moving up in ranking or the seating, so. I didn't, I was so flabbergasted to see not only the starters playing, but for how long they did in a meaningless game and seeing Mike Williams go down here. Cause I, your, your sentiment on the one point. Yeah. Like you don't think the running game might've opened up a little bit more if they had the threat of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the outsides. Like it's there's, there's a huge ripple effect. I don't care what anybody says like that. That was a huge, huge play. And they had a huge lead in the game and you can run all you want. They weren't running the ball well at all this year that just right. wasn't their team. So it was just like anybody getting mad that they didn't want to run the ball. He, if anything, Staley was staying the course with the best chance of them moving forward with yards. So, like, I mean, it's fine. It was more, I saw Lombardi was fired, you know, thank God anybody that has Justin Herbert and you forced him to have like a six yard yard per attempt. It should be fireable. It's, it's asinine to hear and see all season long that Herbert was just 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 held back all year. And yes. I understand there was injuries. I understand there was other others in the uh, offensive line and, and to, the, to the wide receivers and even to Herbert himself, you know, when he took that huge rib shot yep. against the Chiefs. So it was just like, I understand all that can play a factor into it, but I was like, when he, they were all healthy and good, Herbert was still being forced to maybe make 10-yard throws. Like, it was just such a bad design of offense. They were just like... Oh, it just was very frustrating to watch when they have, when you see the teams with similar caliber of quarterback, you know, like the Bengals, the, the bills, the chiefs, the chiefs don't have really anybody as a playmaker on um, besides Kelsey as the receiver. And he's still throwing it down the field. And like let Herbert throw the dude can fucking make some throws that no other quarterback in the world can make. And you're still just like, let's make sure they get Eckler 10 targets a game. Let's just, let's just keep feeding this PPR monster. I was like, no, man, you can you can do better than that. And it was, it's sad to see them lose in that fashion. Uh, but I'm happy. I'm honestly happy for the future for doing that because I think they will get better. They have to make a change. Now, if, I don't know if they're firing Staley. That's going to be, I don't think they are. And that might be another year of mediocrity that they're going to have to go through again. But like, I sure hope not. I'd love to
0: see, I'd love to see Rex Ryan get in there and coach that team. I'm sure he'd have them dancing on the sidelines. Um, Yeah. Listen, you know, I'm not, I have been a Brandon Staley defender and maybe just maybe because he's a defensive coach, maybe, you know, you can make a, you can excuse away some of the offensive production onto Lombardi and okay, great. We get a better offensive coordinator, you know, the offense uh, is a more efficient machine and they get the most out of their players. But again, some of these head coaching decisions have been some of the bigger ones that I've had an issue with. Um, and I think, you know, the com- the, the compartmentalization of blame um, because well, I don't call offensive plays, I'm just the head coach, is a bunch of nonsense in the league right now. But I don't blame them, I guess. They're, they're all self-preservationists as there's a lot of money on the line. And if I'm Brandon Staley and... You know, I, although Cliff Kingsbury probably doing it right. Cause he just signed that, <laughs> that extension, you know, like 10 months ago and now he's got like five years, you know, 20 mil and he's got, what's her name? That beautiful model um, girlfriend of his. And, and he's out in the Philippines, just hanging out on the beach and just taking pictures of her he, and giggling. He that might be that, the way to go.
1: He had that Thailand trip locked and loaded the second <laughs> he was probably tasked to come in for a quick, quick office meeting. and He was like, Chuck, uh, Except on the cart, I will be in Thailand. Do not fucking call me.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm good for this year. Yeah, they're I'm like, Do you want to coach? He's years. like,
0: Why would I want to coach? I'm currently the coach for the Cardinals. No, you're fired. No, I'm fucking on the payroll, homie. No, I'm fucking good. good to go. You're like, all right, I'm, yeah,
1: sure. I guess I just won't be there for I'm all the busy, man. And I games. am
0: super <laughs> busy. So, yeah. Cliff King, Kingsbury.
1: King Absolutely.
0: Um, speaking of king, we're we're gonna anoint a king this week when the Bills and the Bengals play each other. I Thank love you. this game, man. I mean, you know the Bills and the Bengals. If we look at those two games, sort of side by side, the way that, that you know the Bills play the Dolphins, you know they they both played these awful quarterbacks. I mean. You know, Skylar Thompson was like 18 of 45 and somehow put up 30 against the Bills. This is – that's a problem. I know that maybe they overlooked him and all the rest of it, but this is playoffs. You can't be overlooking shit in the playoffs. They should have Mm -hmm. absolutely smoked that team. Josh Allen is culpable. Uh, The defense is culpable. There's just a lot of blame to go around from the Bills. Hell of a way to win – Uh, It's probably better actually that they're a little bit like, you know, pissed off about their win rather than Mm -hmm. flying so high. Maybe that helps them as they're going to be more focused. Um, But, you know, I didn't love the way they looked against the uh, the Dolphins. And then on the flip side, you know, you mentioned it pre-show. We were chit-chatting and like this Bengals offensive line is like JV and. That could be a problem. They can't run the ball even against the Bills team that you should be able to run the ball against. I don't really know, but I don't think they're going to be able to do that. And Burrow could be under pressure. Both these teams uh, with some question marks heading into this. What say you, Mister Fuchs?
1: Uh, I'm just I'm excited. This was supposed to be the premier game of the season. You know, a few weeks ago. You know, um, obviously the fallout, and you know I'm happy to see Hamlin is healthy and recovering um yeah but yeah we finally we get the rematch that we I guess we, we wanted and this should be an absolute stellar game I think it's like the the AFC championship before an actual AFC championship Bingo. And then we have um the Bengals I'll, I'll just continue the conversation the Bengals are a record Sam Hubbard fumble away from potentially not winning that game Heck yeah, like, no. <laughs> like, like that's this the the Bengals have not looked you know the 100 percent. and the like you said the Bills Bill should have just walked away I mean Skyler Thompson starting Dolphins and oh that's it just it should have been a much bigger shutout but it wasn't yes and that's I understand it was division I understand it's playoffs so those both those guys had like extra third rubber match so it was always tougher but still it's just like you would think the Bengals with the weapons that they have should have just blown away the Ravens so yep Yep. I'm happy that we're going to get both of them I don't know which quarterback is going to step up because that's what it is right this is supposed to be Josh Allen's year this is this is the Bills year with with all the adversity on top of you know Josh Allen. Getting pissed off about losing to the Chiefs last year in the last second and not getting overtime. He probably doesn't want to do that again. And Burrow just got to the Super Bowl. He probably yeah. wants to keep going back. I mean, Burrow's that kind of guy. is that he is that quarterback in the league right now. So it's just like this is gonna be one of the best playoff games I think we'll ever see. I'm just hoping that um uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just hoping for overtime. I'm hoping for some, some <laughs> yeah, real shootout. like yeah, you know, just some real shootout, real drama. I don't want to see them both struggle and just be like this. 17
0: 17 piss fest, yeah. I mean, one way or the other, you know, these games, especially with these quarterbacks, you know, it's funny nowadays, you know, when we watch football, like if you're up 14 with eight minutes left, it's not like now this is over, like it just never feels that way in the league with almost any of these quarterbacks, let alone with these two guys. So, you know, that's kind of the cool thing is like no matter what the hell's going on, these fourth quarters are now interesting because of how electric some of these quarterbacks can play, especially when you know, it's do or die and they must throw the ball down the field when they do throw the ball down the field, more likely than not, they're going to be successful. I know a lot of offenses are a little bit more closer to the vest because they don't want to make those big mistakes. A la Trevor Lawrence, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But, uh, th- so this game should be, uh, pretty awesome for, for that reason, right? No, no matter what, right. um, I'm, I'm definitely dubious to this Bengals team. And I, I feel bad because you, you always want to see both teams at full strength, but, Offensive line is like the most, you know, underspoken importance of all these games. Um, you know, I, be, I mean.
1: I don't want to hear the old adage, defense wins championships because they might. But but
0: offensive lines do. Offensive line is
1: what <laughs> killed it. Look at the, my Chiefs a few years ago against the Bucks in the the Super Bowl. We got fucking demolished because we didn't right. have an offensive line. That's right. Like, and now there's question marks on the Bengals. Like you, like you just said, Like you're like, I don't care who's – pass rushing this JV old, of an O line. Like they're, yes. they're always gonna be in trouble and that's yep. not, not good. So it's not good.
0: Like, well I think when we started the playoffs, I think everybody kind of agreed that there are five elite teams and now maybe six, but f- we'll get there in a moment. But five elite teams with the you know the 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 Eagles and 49ers, the Chiefs and then these two teams. So mm-hmm. you know maybe now the Bengals are struggling with that offensive line, but I still yeah. think they have that elite, you know Joe cool quarterback who can carry them in any situation i mean let's face it, he carried them to a Super Bowl last year while being sacked how many times against Tennessee, you know, so right. he he don 't give a shit you know yeah. he's as tough as they come as tough physically, but even more importantly tough mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually, like this dude is real tough uh, he showed it in, in college, he showed it already in the he's- pros. He showed He's it really when he real. said, uh, "You know, my window is my career. The yeah. window's fucking always open like, if I'm is, on the goddamn field. I love, I love that.
1: that. I love yeah. that
0: line. Somehow like, Nick it, Wright it, it, didn't like that. Whatever, Nick Wright, dude, get out of but, here. But
1: that's the. I mean, that's the mentality you should have. It's not like it's yeah. like little windows. He's like, no, I, if I'm playing, if I'm starting, I'm always going to windows open. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. love that. Like, I love, love it. it. Like you know." You're not gonna see fucking Tom Brady or you know Peyton Manning or Joe Montana fucking saying that. They're like, Oh, we look at all they win a few years." It's like, no. He's like, if I'm on the field, I'm winning every year. Like, that's, Bingo. That's all.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned the Sam Hubbard, man. Holy smokes. I mean, you're right. Bengals were that close. Because if they score their touchdown, the, the the Ravens, that is, they're up seven. They're up
1: seven. And Ravens' defense wasn't no joke. They were pretty, pretty, pretty doing pretty well. And like, the, I think after week four, they. Yes. Their defense kind of turned it around. They were starting to get not as leaky. And yeah, they had a good game plan against the Mangles. Roquan
0: was it. a big part of that, obviously. Yes.
1: Right. That, that was a huge help. So yeah, it's just like crazy to see that. Oh, just the. Just the three-yard-away dunk. <laughs> just just yeah. seeing it just go out of his hands. I was like, oh, just seeing him run back to I was like, oh, my God. What a ridiculous way to lose. I was like, oh. Uh, but, yeah, I was like in my head, I was like, if Raven scored there, I don't know if the Bengals. There is not a – I think the, dr-
0: a- the drama was better if they yes. score there because then yep. you get to see Joe Burrow – have to win a playoff game and you're like, oh shit, here we go. But oh, with, with uh, same, like
1: a deep shot to Jamar chase over Marcus Peters for like, ex- a nice long ex- long yeah, run. you would have loved so, to that, see but, it, No, that, but we didn't, we never got there. We, we unfortunately got to see some of the worst clock management in the history of the world. from Yeah. For Harval, which has now led to one of the weirdest off seasons I've seen for the race and franchise in a long time. Like, what a-
0: oh, let's get there because I saw something that I, 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 I didn't put on the show sheet. I didn't mention, but, Vegas. Do you know where Vegas oh, Lamar? thinks Lamar is going?
1: Patriots, maybe. Which so weird. I didn't think that was at all a favorite. That was so weird. But then there was Let's a gentleman that wrote an article that made it makes sense. I was like I I I'm a, if I'm the betting man, I actually think if he gets tagged and traded, it's probably to like Atlanta or something. But sure. Patriots I think Patriots could easily do a swap with you know Mac Jones. and Maybe. And it it would be – it makes sense. Let's go.
0: You can have Bailey Zappi too. Take them all.
1: (laughs) Just just take them all. Take them (laughs) all.
0: Listen, I remember vividly when the Patriots were on the clock and at the end of the first round when Lamar was there and I was like, this is Lamar. This is Lamar. And they – I mean, when Lamar fell and went to the the Ravens, I was just – I was literally so bummed out. I so wanted Lamar. I mean, especially at that cost, at that pick, like the upside is all there. There's no downside. You get the fifth-year control. Like everything is perfect. It's like we've got it right in front of us, this amazing generational athlete. If he's good at quarterback, what could we have? And we blew it. And I just so wanted him so bad. And now his stock has dropped a little bit for reasons. I don't know why, but – I'm ready for it. I want him on the Patriots. I'm in. I'm a Lamar defender. I, uh, Bring it, it to happens. me. I hope it happens. I hope it happens
1: for you guys. Um, yeah, that would be that would be an insane landing spot. That was definitely not on my radar. And then when that tweet came out and the the posting for the odds, I was like, "Holy shit! I never thought the Patriots would be on the list." And then to be the odds favorite, I was like, "That's crazy!" Like, yeah, that's,
0: Belichick and was- Lamar. I'm here for it. That's cool. Oh yeah. I, that,
1: w- that was really cool to see. Hope it happens. But yeah, just a bizarre off season for the Ravens to start out with. So it'll be interesting. When the it will be
0: very season. interesting. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Maybe uh, Antonio Brown can join Lamar in new England. Um, <laughs> woof. Antonio, what are you doing, brah?
1: I mean, he's got plenty what? of time on his hands. I guess he just needs to, he just wants to stay relevant. What this, is this, he a- doing? Well, we know what he's doing. We see it. We saw it. That's not. There's not a question of what he's doing. It's just why is he wanting to show off?
0: Yeah, boy, oh boy, I <laughs> that 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 takes uh, that takes a certain kind of person to be like, you know what, I'm a multi-million dollar, you know, athlete, legendary, Hall of Fame type. Let me just put my, you know, my fans on the fucking Instagram or whatever. I'm like, what are you doing, homie? Anyway, God bless you, Antonio. You are a legend of some sort. I don't know what kind, but a legend nonetheless. Um, moving on to the RIP Tom Brady holding over Dallas 7-0, 35 <laughs> playoff wins yes. each, you know, for the Cowboys and Brady. And somehow – boy, they look bad and Dak look great. And that's the team I was going to mention as the sixth maybe elite team uh, Dallas,
1: it, yeah,
0: is Dallas. I mean, you know, they were really good all year, had a couple stumbles, but really they were dominant at times, um, you know, so I'm ready for Dallas, uh, yep. you know, to potentially be a team that could sneak its way into the there AFC is. championship game. If Dak can throw downfield on this – the 49er defense it can be pressured down the field, and if he somehow can and create a lead like he did with Tampa, put some pressure back on Purdy, and we There's, could see the Purdy pumpkin
1: that's here this weekend. Gonna, that's what I was going to say. I know I just said I don't, I hate hearing how championships can win games, but Dallas's defense, especially when it comes to pressure, is pretty elite, and we might see Purdy crumble to that kind of pressure. This is the game. I mean, granted, our offensive line is very good, but I do. Michael Parsons is just—he's just a next level dude. Like he's—I don't care who he's lining up against, that dude is getting pressure. That's getting a sack. So, if we see Purdy show some real rookie throws, some real rookie poise, yeah, I can I can see this game being a lot, lot more competitive and. It's just, it's on, it's on Dak though. Dak's composure. I mean, this year, what did he lead the league in interceptions? I mean, he just needs to to reel it in and just do not, do not think that he needs a hero throw every damn play. Just play safe. I mean, he played really good conservative football and he had, you know, Micah Gallup step up. Schultz had a great game last week. Everybody knows CeeDee Lamb. I, you know, if we ever want to talk about CeeDee Lamb, he's definitely now one of the top wide receivers for dynasty now. Um, especially going forward. Uh, so it's just like he just needs to know that – and he's got playmakers in the backfield too. So it's just like he's got a really good offense to battle with the really good offense with the 49ers, and both defenses are going to try to prevent that. It's just the turnovers. I think that would be the, the key. Like it is in every football game, but you know, Dak is the one that might turn it over. So if he doesn't do that, and Perta does, I, I think Dallas can easily win. Now, hopefully it doesn't come down to a points after attempt, but that's another that's – another.
0: No, he, got, he got all his misses out. He's fine. He was, yeah, he was just, he was just, say, he he was just doing that on all. purpose. I thought the trick shot where he was like, watch this <laughs> off the top of the, of the post. That was the best kick he made. Cause you know, he was fucking with everybody with you those misses. Then he's like, be watch be this bad. one.
1: Yeah, You had to purposely be that bad in order to, to Oh to no, he,
0: he those were totally by, uh, No, that was <laughs> totally on purpose. He was just, he was just toying with Tom Brady. He's like, watch, we'll even spot you four that. No, was a total fucking Jack move. Good job, Brett. Anyway. Um, but you can see it, right? If it's a close game and and Dallas is able to put pressure on the San Francisco offense to score, you know Purdy, as good as he's been, may be a little bit predictable, especially to an, a defense that likes to pick their spots and 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 take big chances. You know Trevon Diggs, That's right? He I'll could
1: say Diggs is the he guy could
0: jump a route, take one back. You know they're down, you know seven. All of a sudden they're they're down fourteen because. You know, they pick one, and that could change the game. I'd look for something like that, uh, you know, with, with the way that Purdy plays. It's not like he's got a, a slew of experience in these situations going back and forth. So something to watch out for, especially as you point like out with Parsons out. off the edge.
1: I like that call out. Yeah, if Purdy is goes kind of reverts back to a rookie thing and just hones in on his first read, that's you know, that's Diggs prime and butter. I mean he jumps every route that he can. And if he yes. knows where you're going, yeah. Like look for look for look for Diggs they probably have an interception this game. It
0: that could happen, for sure. That's I mean and uh Purdy has thrown you know I think his I looked at his interception it was like two and a half percent which is pretty high. I mean not not terrible uh but you know he can be a little loose with the ball and we'll see we'll see how it goes. But you know that should be one of those other games. I mean that's like classic, you know, the Steve Young, Terrell Owens and mm-hmm. Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith that, you know, you can go back as far as you want. These San Francisco Dallas games just have a certain visual appeal. You see it on the screen. You're like, Ooh, this is so good. So I am super looking forward to that game, um, you know, and seeing if this San Francisco juggernaut can continue with Brock Purdy or whether or not this Dallas team that has been estranged for so long can give their fans what they want. I know these Dallas fans. I talked to one and I was like, you know, this guy wearing a cowboy hat. I'm like, how oh, are you excited for the games before the the Brady game, you know? And he's like, well, I've already, uh, you know, assumed we're going to lose. So it's like, you know, uh, if we win, it's just bonus points. And that's where the Dallas fans, some of them, of course, were at before that game. It was like either their low expectations or exaltation. Well, they got their exaltation. Will they actually deliver you know, and get themselves to an NFC championship game, which will be against another NFC East opponent because someone from the NFC East is going to the NFC championship game because the Giants will travel to Philly. Holy smokes, this Giants team, by the way, CeeDee Lamb has been wide receiver three for like two years for me, but, you know, (laughs) love CeeDee Lamb, Uh, but Giants going to Philly. uh, We already talked about Doug Peterson, uh, I think he is up there for coach of the year. How about Brian Dayball? Probably will be the coach of the year with the Giants. What he's done with Daniel Jones and this team, truly miraculous. Do they have a chance to go dethrone Michael P. Duncan's Philadelphia Eagles? Uh,
1: yeah, I think there's a chance. Um uh, with that being said, I'd still uh, odds favorite that the Eagles should win. But, again, being a team three times in a year is always tough. We always yep. see that rubber band match, so it's always really tough. And Daniel Jones looked really good last week. I uh, don't know how much of that is him and how much of that was the really bad Vikings defense. Um, but, I mean, Saquon looked good. That defense stepped up when it needs to. Uh, they they just they're doing it with just the hodgepodge of players, man. It's great, and that's you know definitely all credit to Dable. Like this, he has to get coach of the year. I'm sorry to anybody else. I know Michael B. Duncan's going to lose his shit because he's going to say it should be Sirianni. It's not
0: Sirianni. I, it's he's not. he's in the he's in the conversation, but I think you know it's like you could you could just say Andy Reid then too because Andy Reed's right, done that's a great job. Why
1: Andy Reid doesn't win it like you know every time every year or whatever, games, right?
0: Yeah, because I mean, but I thought, I I think Sirianni's done great. But I think, you know, when you consider that Doug Peterson took a team that was basically on the doormat, you know, they were just awful. They lost every single game last year, brought them to the playoffs and won a playoff game. Look, I don't know if it's a regular season award, basically, but I don't really give a shit. It's to me, it's this stuff matters almost more. I mean, you know, uh, for him to win a game, and that's why Dayball, too. If I'd have told you preseason, that Dayball and Peterson would have the Giants and the and the Jags in the second round of the playoffs, right. both of them. You'd have been like, "Get the fuck out of here! No you're chance."
1: Like, what, what, you're like, how many injuries happened? On both yeah, sides I mean, for that to happen? There's yeah, no who
0: way. traded for Patrick Mahomes? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, it says no chance. So, but Daniel Jones, I mean, he was 24-35, five, three hundred yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He hasn't been fumbling the ball. He used to be a fumble machine, not fumbling it anymore. He ran the ball 17 times for 78 yards. Like, he's another – it's unbelievable.
1: We were talking about having one in a mobile quarterback. Daniel Jones just gets left out for some odd reason. That was one reason why this – before the season started, there was a couple of quarterbacks that I targeted for, like, super flex leagues, and it was Daniel Jones and Jared Goff. I was like, they're going to be cost me low. I think there's some some upside for both of them. Glad both of them paid off, but Daniel Jones might, might be playing into the point where he's a future starter. Like he's going to be, he's going to get a contract extension. I don't see how the giants don't at this point. Like they just, they have to. And then if, when they do in, they do the right thing. Say they bring in a, a, a good wide receiver free agency or they make a trade or they draft really well with the wide receivers and some weapons that offense all of a sudden becomes even better. Like that's a, that's what I want to see. Like, that's something that you need to kind of look at when you're doing this, these dynasty evaluations. You're just like, what are some teams that are going to have to making some marginal moves to get huge returns right away? And that's why I was like, Giants are only like a couple wide receivers away from having a good offense. And Daniel Jones looks like he can run that offense that Dable likes. I see him getting an extension this offseason, and I think he's going to be a decent quarterback too with for a lot of people.
0: You know, I, uh, I I don't disagree. As a matter of fact, I have him as a quarterback one in Dynasty. I, I update, Yeah, I updated my rankings uh, earlier this month. And, you know, I think it, it kind of goes through the, you know, the, the, the top, seven, eight are pretty clear. And then Dak and Deshaun and Kyler, I think are all pretty clear. Top 11 is almost very clear. But after 11, if I just go Mahomes, this is my rankings, right? So, And yeah, and a lot cool. of these guys are interchangeable, but Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, Lamar, Fields, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, Dak and Deshaun, and then Kyler, right? After that, I have Daniel Jones. And it's like, because after that, I and I really could do a lot of, changing around after 11. Uh, but Daniel Jones, I think, here's the thing. I said it to you pre-show. What do we care about? We care about how secure their job is. He's going to get a contract. He's right. going to get a contract. This is over. This is done. It's unbelievable, but here we are. He's going to get a contract, and he's a rushing quarterback. What else do I need to know?
1: Nothing. Like like right. I said, like the, the improvement is going to be when they get another skill position. That's yeah, not Kenny Galladay. So it's just yeah. Like that's that's what Kenny Galladay.
0: Be. I think is locked in for sixteen million next year. God bless you. So um, but you know, then it's guys like it's guys like Kenny Pickett, Tua, Cousins, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, like Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Gino. Where so, you know,
1: uh, right? a million question marks, and you don't know. If right they're gonna who they're playing with next year yeah like, that, like I, I'm i on board with him at being a QB12 like that like I said he's gonna be he's such a great yeah I mean like it's him and I don't even I was trying to think in my head what the hell you would maybe have a head but I don't know yeah I don't That's know like it. Tua
0: if but if you told me Tua was like oh I for sure that. he's gonna be fine but we don't know that we I just don't know don't. that I we don't. don't. Care. Yeah, we don't know. You know.
1: that's not. And then you, yeah, no, I couldn't put two there. Jared Goff, but I don't know if I can put him up there. Either he's because, not as sure
0: to get a contract yeah, exactly. Uh, Cousins, Cousins is one of those players that like on-field performance, but he's old now, and he's you know he's getting up there, right? You know, so that's Tom, and he might have
1: he um, might have uh, checked down himself out of out of a starting job here. Uh, I mean, there's a what a quarterback to play perfect for. <laughs> Ninety nine percent of the snaps, and then everybody focus on one bad snap at the end of the game. And check like, down cousins, baby, worst, worst, worst quarterback ever. We need to get rid of him. I was like, Dude, oh. Dude's played pretty well all year, but like, I, <laughs> my wife was like, "What are you? What are you mad about? You don't even, you don't even care about the Vikings and Giants." I was like, if I was a Vikings fan, oh. like an actual fan, and I just saw my franchise quarterback check it down on fourth down,
0: fourth and eight, throw three uh, probably it fucking
1: lose my shit. Like, yes. there's no way. I was like, dude, throw it down the field. Who cares if it's an interception? I don't like. Yep. Try, try. You have game. to throw it up. Yes, you, I was like, that, to. Oh, it, like, I was livid. You, you know, texted. there was a
0: sneaky a sneaky situation there too. That um, it's not his. It's not like a defense of Cousins because it was indefensible. But there was pressure. You know, there was pressure oh, up the yeah. middle. The guard just got thrown back like he had no chance. It was almost like free run to the quarterback. Like,
1: but he's it, been in the league how much? And you're just like, I know which read is further than the sticks. Fucking yes. we'll throw it that way. You have it, to
0: let that, that, that one that go. Way. Yeah, Osborne up uh, across the middle was certainly the read. Yeah. He had single coverage. He was over the over the line to gain, and I know he just had you know basically not. He missed him a little bit. He underthrew him. The play before on third down, he had he had Osborne and just underthrew it. It wasn't a terrible throw, but it just wasn't good enough. And so it's just isn't that kind of Cousins, right? You know, just not good enough, and just it, just
1: just on the cusp of being acceptable. And just,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, just really really brutal. Kind of to, just to, good to root for
1: him. fantasy, like you know what I mean? Like it's just like oh, it's so frustrating. It was yep. just like I've been a Kirk's believer for a long time, and just seeing him check it down there on fourth down I was like for fuck's sake man like you have a whole you have a whole franchise that's excited this year with a new quarter new head coach and you just do that I was like what a waste I was so pissed
0: yeah it's one of those things where like if you're if you're Minnesota would you rather have Derek Carr or Jimmy G or Geno Smith it's like well not really probably not right probably not but you know emotionally yes but
1: you're like, you're like right now I, I can't I can't stand Cousins' face so yeah I, I, in, in, in the hindsight but it's just like no he's probably still the best quarterback you have right now you're not going to position to to draft one
0: just, it's just brutal it's, it's just brutal you, sorry you, Minnesota we can't even, we can't even get excited about Minnesota it's so bad, I it sucks so cause bad they have the, the best they have the
1: best wide receiver in the league right now and yes I would love to see him get even better quality targets but man whatever Oh, God bless you. That sucked.
0: Um, all right, so <laughs> we we did have to dunk real quick on on Kirk Cousins. That was <laughs> that felt...
1: I had to sneak it in there. I'm still pissed. I I'm like not even a fucking Vikings fan I still get triggered to see it on fourth and eight just going Yeah, that
0: felt bad. We shouldn't just have just that. down
1: I was like, Oh man, that sucked.
0: Well, talking about um, you know, you know, Jacksonville, now they have to they get the grand prize of going to Kansas City. I, every team always has a chance of winning. What are what 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 are the odds that this team can go into Kansas City and win this game? I find it to be very low.
1: Uh, well, I'm gonna be biased and say I think my Chiefs will win.
0: Oh, me but, too. Yeah,
1: but it's not going to be easy. We obviously got the the sideline or the 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 side uh, conversation of Trevor Lawrence still has never lost on a Saturday. Oh, geez, so yeah, that's does not keep up? Does he keep up that, that same record? But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I can tell you right now, I was really rooting for the Ravens because I'd much rather have played the Ravens than the Jaguars. Yeah. But um, Jaguars are definitely not going to be as easy. But I still think – I think there's maybe a 10% chance that the Jaguars win. But it, I think it's that's right.
0: Low. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, 1-10. in 10, the, the, If they play 10 times this game, it really is Jaguars. the Chiefs game to lose.
1: Because we – You know, our three losses are Bills, Bengals, and then the Colts. So we are capable of losing to a really bad team. And I think the Jaguars are not a really bad team. I think the Jaguars are a good team. So it's just like we are fully capable of losing this game too. So it's just very nerve-wracking. I'm just hoping that the week rest and we come out – we just come out firing. I
0: I will say that – I will say that in Dynasty, I have never moved Mahomes out of quarterback one, even last offseason when everybody was taking Josh Allen 1.01, which I'm fine with. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I just never did it. Mahomes, to me, is the apex predator in this league. He is the best quarterback I have ever seen, and I watched 20 years of a guy who won the Super Bowl every other season for like 10 years. Um, so yeah, this is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And I think, you know, obviously if he continues at this pace, he will be that, but, um, at, at where he's at right now, he is yeah. the, you know, queen chess piece. He's the guy that, you know, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance. I'm and with Gordon. Andy Reed and the Gordon weapons Gordon. and Travis Kelsey, and you know, the wide receivers may not have an alpha, but they have a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things, Uh, Juju, a great possession receiver. Justin Watson stretches the field. Um, Mecole Hartman with speed. You know, the Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony sort of slot gadget guys. Um, And, of course, my man, Jarek McKinnon, as a pass weapon, has been just superb, especially when you're Uh, trying to double cover Kelsey, deal with these receivers, and you got to deal with McKinnon. He's going to make a linebacker miss because he's just so fast.
1: It's been the it's been the two running backs that have made the second yes. half difference for us because teams are like, well, we'll just do cover two and force you to run. Well, with Pacheco and yep. McKinnon, they don't like that as much. We're getting five, six, seven yards of carry sometimes. Yeah. And our offensive line is good enough to bulldoze up the middle. So they're like, okay, let's stop the run. That's when some of those gadget plays or Kelsey gets open because of that. So it's just like, I love this offense. I love Andy Reid. I'm very thankful, you know. 10 years ago that he was let go around this time, you know, God bless the Eagles for doing that. Thank you, Michael P. Duncan. Um, so I'm just happy. I'm just, I'm just, like you said, 15 Mahomes. If he's in the game. We have a chance. We saw that last year against the bills in the playoffs. Yep. One of the most incredible games ever, ever. Um, just real. You just always will have a chance. Obviously missing that alpha wide receiver is definitely kind of hurt this offense in a, in a kind of a weird way because we're still like, number one in points, still top in yards and stuff like that. So it's not that we've slowed down, but it's just like, it's just kind of odd. This, our offense has just been a little different this year, which is a good thing. It's just.
0: Yeah. It's just, I, I boringly, no. I boringly picked the chiefs to win the, <clears throat> the super bowl. And, you know, they really should have won it last year, the some sort of weird ass <sighs> second half against yeah. the Bengals away from getting there. And I feel like if they get there, they win.
1: I feel like like that's a lesson learned. I don't think we'll do that again. That was the same thing that happened for the Chargers this year against the Jaguars. They just stopped wanting the score. It's like, you you can't do that in the NFL right now. Teams are too good at scoring points. You just cannot stop. Just, you can't milk leads. Like, that's just not a thing anymore. I'm sorry. It's just like, you have to keep scoring now. You just do.
0: Who has the balls to pay the asking price for Travis Kelsey in the Dynasty League right now? Because, I mean, he's still still the tight end one, clearly, um, (laughs) you know, on a game-by-game basis, season-by-season basis. But at some point, you got to figure that this shit's going to end, and it never does.
1: It's got got to decline, right? Yeah, I know. I'm the same way. I tried to buy him this year during the season uh, against the guy that actually knocked me out of uh, the – the semifinal, so that made me sad. But the um, yeah, it, you can't you can't pry Kelsey from the owner. I think that, I think it's one of those players where they go down with the owner until they retire. So yeah, unlike unless it's a clearly evident decline, like yeah, I don't yeah, it's I don't know what the price is right now. I even tried to go buy Pitts the other day, and it's ridiculous. So tight ends right now and dynasty is a whole nother topic because the top like three or four guys are just you're just not getting them (laughs) it's just it's such a such a tough position right now
0: yeah i mean this it's just unbelievable watching kelsey continuously stay healthy and productive and score touchdowns of course it's very very convenient to have the greatest quarterback of all time throwing you the football i love the chiefs I actually think I really like them, you know, to kind of run away with it a little bit too. Um, I think the Jaguars, as good as they are, might get a little overmatched. It, they, they don't have elite weapons. They have a great quarterback in, in Trevor Lawrence, who's been able to, you know, m- move the ball effectively. But um, I, they're going to run into a much better team in the Chiefs than they did in the Chargers. I think they're going to get uh, outmatched. I would say it's a one of those 30 to 17, 30 to 20 games. Uh, Chiefs seem to score 30 no matter, you know, what they're doing. So, you know, pencil them in for 30. And I think Jacksonville's going to have a tough time, you know, pushing for that kind of score. So I think it's going to be a 30-20 game. Um, what do you say? Do you, do you agree?
1: Yeah, that's pretty close. I, I think it's like, I mean, not to – players but like a 31-14, 31-17 is probably probably what it's going to be so yeah I 100% agree. I hope what it you,
0: is. What do you got for Giants at Philly?
1: Um I I have I have Philly winning. Um I think the Giants have a better chance of winning. I think it's closer to like 25 30%. Like I said it's really tough to beat the same person or same team three times in a year. Um Giants got to have more momentum. Philly, we got Hurts coming back, kind of healthy. I, don't, I haven't looked at some of the offensive linemen. I think we're banged up for the Eagles, but hopefully that week off will help. But yeah, I think I think it'll be probably a closer game. I, I, I don't know if what the score is. it's probably probably going to be like 28 to 24 or something yeah i think,
0: I think that's right games. i was thinking 27 23 in my yeah. head so yeah. i think we're on the same same page i do think it'll be a little lower scoring but i think the giants are able to put pressure on them one way or the other mm-hmm. um, but i think philly will will pull it out it, it, you know yeah i'm i'm with you you know 27 21 somewhere in there um, i like philly to go ahead and take care of business if we go to the bills bengal's at bills I really think here, and I'll let you. I'll let you go second on this one. Um, Bengals at Bills. I really like the Bills here. I think they're going to cause trouble on the road for Joe Burrow and the um, and the offensive line. I think that's the big issue, and I think there could be a big turnover. They're going to have a tough time. So I like I like the Bills kind of going away in this one. Maybe a you know, 28 to 17 type of game, I think that, you know, maybe, maybe it's a little bit more scoring. Maybe it ends up being 31, 24, 30, 31, 23, somewhere in there. I think the bills end up just having a little bit too much for that offensive line. And, uh, um, you know, the, the, the last drive for the Bengals falls short due to a sack or some sort of thing where they're able to get pressure through an inexperienced offensive lineman.
1: Uh, I cannot agree more. I think it's, I think if the Bengals offensive line was a little more healthier, it would be a pretty much a coin flip of who wins. But yep. I think I have to give the edge to the, the bills. With that being said, I think the way the, the, I think the script is going to go is the bills get an early lead. Josh Allen throws a pick. Bengals come back in it. But then I think the, the Josh Allen has to lead like a really nice game winning field goal touchdown kind of drive at the end of the game. So I think, yeah. I think it's going to be higher scoring. I think like 34, 31, kind of like what we saw with the, the dolphins game. I think there it's you go. Similar, similar. Line. Yeah.
0: It's like the, the, if it's over under a uh, half a interception for Josh Allen, just smash the over like, yeah. my gosh, he seems to throw in every game.
1: I I, I don't know if it's just like, like, overconfidence or what's going on, but he just seems to have these like mental slips and it's mostly been kind of in the, the, the red and the, the end zone, the red zone. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know why he's beginning. At least that's what I, my, my, I haven't checked the stat on it, but that's mentally where I keep thinking that he's kind of had the more turnovers, just been more in the positive end of the field. And he's just, I don't know if he's just been careless or he's just like hubris or just like not caring, just like I can do whatever I want and just costing <clears> him Cause it's just like, like he's, we said, Dolphins were almost in that game last week. Like, it's weird. It's totally. Weird, what do you got for weird, the
0: weird. Cowboys Cowboys at 49ers?
1: Uh, now, this is the true coin flip. And I think this is the first uh, – I think this is the first upset. I think Cowboys beat the 49ers. Ooh. I think the Cowboys beat the 49ers. I can see that defense tearing apart a young birdie. And that's – I think that the, the storyline finally comes to an end. And – Personally, I, want, I just want to see Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC Championship, too. So that's where I yeah. my, that's going. But yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. But so I think Cowboys have the upset. I think they have the weapons. I think you said, like you said, they're like kind of that like fringe elite team that's in the playoffs right now. Um, 49ers are elite. Just, man, I just, I just want to see Purdy put, put to the test. And I think this is the first game that he will. So I'm excited for it. This would be another. This is another one. This is the. This is probably the, 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 the championship game, too, that we all wanted to see, so I'm happy for it. What do you That's got for a score? Play. Oh, man. It can't be high scored. It can't be. It's got to be like, like 24-18 or something. It's got to be nice. really low scoring.
0: I already know what's going to happen in this game. It's going to be 28-27. 49ers up. Dallas driving they get into field goal range three seconds left and a 30 yard field goal for Brett Maher to win it. And he's going to step up and they're going to throw the, on the thing, the four misses. He probably already missed the extra point already earlier. It's like, that's why it's 27, (laughs) right? It's already happened once. And like, he's coming out there and it's the whole thing. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. And he's going to have to make the field goal to win it. And I don't know, man. I don't know. The rest will be for you guys to tell whether he makes or misses. All right. But it's either 30 to 28 Cowboys <laughs> or 28 27 49ers. Man, I'm not a fucking, I don't, I can't tell you the future. I don't know if he's going to make it or miss it. What do you guys think? <laughs>
1: I love it. That's so great.
0: Yeah. Of course, CeeDee Lamb's going to have four touchdowns in the game for Shizzle.
1: Oh no! I'm just no. He's so good, man. He's so good. I was like, I was pretty skeptical this past off season, but that was literally before Amari Cooper got traded. So like, once Cooper left, I was like, oh, see, Lambs, it completely changes. He's able to now get that 26 to 28 percent target share, which is what was holding him back, and he got it this year, and he ended up being fantastic. So I was like, yep talent was always there just unfortunately like the opportunity kind of was held back but like i was like no feed him 10 targets a game man i don't know what what i don't know why kellen Moore has to overthink this just feed him don't feed z don't feed yeah totally
0: hey before i let you go right any uh any favorite prospects uh in the upcoming 2023 class that you're kind of uh ready to talk Um, about i mean any position you you pick
1: uh, the one name that's sticking out um pretty early on, I don't know if I can pronounce his name correctly. Uh it's the Devin Acone or Acone. A chain. A chain? Yeah, I'm sorry, it's a chain.
0: Devin A chain. Yeah. yeah the Texas A and M Speedster.
1: Yes. I think he will be a pleasant surprise for whoever actually drafts him. I think I think a lot of a lot of people, especially like a lot of analysts that were you know, it's one of those like film versus data kind of, kind of, kind of players where like the data shows that he's like pretty special, like he should be really good. But just like some of his film wasn't great, but I think he's, I think he'll be a very interesting prospect. Where he lands will be very interesting. I think he could be like, uh, I, maybe not exactly like a Rashad White, but like I think he'll be that kind of prospect where it's just like wherever he lands will be like this guy could make himself uh, a prominent player for the team. It'll be very yeah, interesting I,
0: where he goes. I, I agree. I think he's in the Kenny Gainwell uh, there, there Tony, Kenny Gainwell, Tony Pollard, uh Jarek McKinnon type of player. He's got a lot of speed and he can catch the football. And so he could be a game breaker and uh you know, I don't think he's gonna be a bell cow, but I don't think he needs to be. I think if he can play a Tony Pollard like no, I mean, role, um, you know, that's that's very good. Tony Pollard was the running back seven this year in fantasy, unbelievable. So, you know, that type of player, obviously, Jarek McKinnon was the widest, uh, excuse me, the running back one in two consecutive weeks toward the end of the season. These types of players are very valuable in fantasy football. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, not as much. And so that's why you're never exactly sure how much usage he'll get at the next level. But these guys are are very, very valuable. And, you know, he's got a lot of speed. So I really like Devin A. Chain.
1: It's one of those, like, where is the quality of the opportunity? Cause like this year we got to see after getting back healthy, Deandre Swift, right. He had to share the load, but where he got his opportunities when he got rushes and when he got targets was like, perfect. He was still very fantasy relevant. He was very effective when he was on the field. And that's kind of that same thing with Devin, same thing with Tony Pollard. It's like when they see the field, their opportunities are just better. Like they just make the opportunity better too. So it's just like, that's the kind of level of talent I think Devin is. I don't know if that's what NFL scouts and the the combine and the draft is going to show. Obviously I don't think he's like, you know, first, second, even third round grade on him, but I think the team that gets him can easily use him in that kind of capacity and get, get a bunch of value out of it.
0: I think he's very comfortably at this point considered a day two running back. So probably a third round running back. Um, Yeah, because he's got that speed. So he's in there, you know, with Zach Evans as a probably the, you know, a third round running back. It looks like Bijan obviously is going to be a first round running back. Where exactly? Nobody really knows. Um, You know, it's going to be whichever team feels the biggest, you know, opportunity to, you know, be a running back away from, you know, getting where they want to get. Because we know that, you know, nobody likes to take a running back in the first round, but when that elite level talent is there, he's there. Jameer Gibbs, uh, the running back out of Alabama, uh, looks to be the next guy off the board. And really after that, it's like a lot of guys. And I think that's what we're going to see is basically maybe just those two guys going in the first two rounds. And then after that, maybe late second, Third and fourth is when you're going to see a lot of these guys come off the board, guys like Zach Charbonnet, who, you know, we've we've been uh, questioning his overall talent, and whether or not he's a, a true, um, you know, uh NFL player. We'll see. Devin A-Chain is going to be drafted someplace. I say A-Chain. It could be uh, some some other pronunciation. I'm, I'm but,
1: very wrong. I'm probably very wrong. Like I said, I just started getting into players and looking at <laughs>
0: on stuff, this so pod. On this pod, that motherfucker's name is A Chain. I like A-Chain. that. That's the that's the way to say it. Uh, you know, he's gonna have to change his name <laughs> if it's pronounced some other way. But people really love Kenny McIntosh. I really like Kenny McIntosh. Obviously Zach Evans. Uh Sean Tucker has been a little bit of a love of mine, but if he falls into yes. the fourth round, you can kind of kiss him goodbye in terms right. of a first round rookie like, pick.
1: Yeah, so it's just unfortunate for that running back position too. Once you get into like the fourth pass rounds, I mean I mean everybody loved what Damien Pierce this year, but it's just like it's great that he had a really good year, but that for dynasty, I don't know how much. I don't know if he'll be a feature next year and the year after that. It's, just, it's very rare to see it. I mean, you can, but
0: yep, it just and then uh, Tank Bigsby, uh, out of Auburn, uh, yep. you know, Tank sort of a one, yep, he's a prized possession coming out of high school, uh, you know, a little bit of a letdown here and there, and but we'll see how he tests and where he goes in the draft. Deuce Vaughn is uh smaller than my nine-year-old but apparently really good at football so um you know we'll see you know what his usage is you know a lot of people saying is he gonna have a darren sproles like career well fucking a man that's uh shooting for the moon for a guy who's five six <laughs> you,
1: I, lo- I love i love the player comps the, the best case scenario just, just like, the best case scenario it's like oh they can easily get that's like no yeah right like, please a please understand one. those are exceptions to the rules there's that's not that's not the so yeah that's, it's tough it's hilarious that they're saying that Darren Sproles career yes
0: <laughs> there's a couple of guys late I love Dwayne McBride I think he's gonna move up um <clears throat> you know I think he might be a day two running back when it's all said and done this guy is like a lot like Damian Pierce in that he's just like the film guys absolutely love him you watch him run and you're like oh shit this guy's good you know kind of reminds me of that Damian Pierce Tyler Algier thing where it's like you know he's better than where people have him right now I think he's I mean, shoot, man! You know, if I if I knew he was getting day three capital, he might be my third running back in this class. So that's, right. that's how much I love Dwayne McBride. That's good um,
1: to hear. No, that's a name I didn't know. So that's good to hear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to do, but you know, in draft capital matters. But he's the sort of that sleeping giant in this class. Um, I'm gonna mess up this name, but Israel, whatever his last name, oh. Abenaconda. Abinakanda, yeah. I think that's how you say it. I don't know how the fuck you say it. Guy from Pittsburgh. Um, he, he's he's also a pretty interesting prospect. Um so there's a lot of running backs. I think there's it's pretty deep. Uh there's some there's some guys even sort of deeper than that. I think the wide receiver class, when you look at it, as of right now, I think there's a three-man tier one, and that's Quentin Johnson, who, as you pointed out, waited to the very last minute to say he's coming out. Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, JSN. Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson should all be first round picks. There's some other guys like, I think the second group, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, and Kayshawn Boutte could also be first round picks, um, but they also could be early second. We're not sure. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good second tier. And then there's a bunch of guys, man. There's a lot of guys in the wide receiver, uh, you know, draft. So you'll be able to really, I think there'll be a lot of uh, day one, day two, day three, excuse me. Round one, round two, round three. So day one and day two receivers, um, and as long as they get that day two capital, they're worth oh, investing yeah. fairly early in your rookie draft. As long as they have a good profile, so it should be actually a pretty deep draft. Um, could be a good time to go make a move for some seconds.
1: I, I'm that would, that's a great segue. I have I've loaded up in second rounders this year. Yep. Um I think that's where a lot of the, the dart throws and values are going to come from. I think there's a ton of ton of places to be had there.
0: Absolutely. Hey, man. Great show.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm happy to, I'm happily do it again. You know, good luck to, uh, well, no one's playing. Just hopefully we'll get to, uh, get into more dynasty here. The rookie evals. This is, this is the prime time. This is where the the real teams are made and championships are won. by by Killing it in your rookie evals.
0: Well, I've got so many, um, college football, uh, guys, Coming on yeah. the show in the next couple of months, and it's just going to be so much fun. And I know, this you know, is,
1: this is the right time of year. Every podcast, yours is the top when it comes to. Whenever you get on, like guys like Felix and stuff like that, I love it. Yes, so I cannot wait, man.
0: Yeah, Zach Reed's coming on this year for sure. I missed oh, awesome. him last year somehow. I don't know. It's it's funny because I think oh, I'm going to save him to, and then all of a sudden I I miss a guy and schedules cross. I'm like shit. I didn't even get you know. So I I really want to make it a point to get some of my very, very favorite guys on, even if it's a little early in the season. I'm going to try and get them on all this year. So you guys who are listening, you're going to have just all the red meat you want. uh, Rookie talk basically from here on out. Um, I I wanted to have have you on. I love talking real football too. It's just so much fun. But I know the red meat is all these uh, these prospects. So we'll be getting the prospects starting next week. And we'll be talking about them, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're not going to overdo it. We're going to have some fun with with regular football and other dynasty topics. But the red meat's coming, boys. I'm excited. Get ready. Fuchs, Fox, tell them.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait for uh, football to be – I mean, real football for me is starting now. For the yes, Eagles. I mean, this is, that's, that's who's
0: who's play. winning the Super Bowl? Fuchs, just tell us. Uh, I should say, who are the Chiefs beating in the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah,
1: who, who are the Chiefs beating? That's yeah, I'm, the Chiefs are, are making it, are going to win it. I think it's going to be
0: just say, say, the, say, Cowboys. The, Eagles.
1: Uh, say the Cowboys, the chicken. I would love to say the Cowboys just to piss off Michael, but I'm not. Yeah. I, I truly think the Eagles would beat them again, but who knows, man? I mean. I that, maybe that maybe that team is just catching fire at the right time too. Maybe they're I, uh,
0: before together. the playoffs I picked e- uh Eagles to lose to the Chiefs. I still like it. I know it's a little chalky, but hey man, you know they're good That's, teams for a reason so I, yeah. but I love the Chiefs. I'm you know I'm not picking against uh Mahomes until there's a reason to do so.
1: Right. Thank you. No, but I totally agree. I'm excited yep. even if we have to go through a neutral site. I'm I'm still still think we'll be fine.
0: Every site is Mahomes site. Anyway, tell the people <laughs> where they can find you. Sign off and we'll we'll get out of here
1: oh thanks uh you can find me at twitter at ff underscore Derek fuchs um i'm also at the undropables uh currently writing editing trying to work on some some projects this off season to get more content out to all of our fans um just happy to be along for the ride and you know thank you so much for having me on Jax. this is dream come true to be able to talk on podcasts to be honest so it's it's awesome to be able to do this so Thank
0: You're you. welcome, man. It's a lot of fun having you. You're a great teammate at the Undroppables. You do so much work behind the scenes, you know, doing so much of the editing and some some of the, you know, thankless work. So I will personally say Derek Fuchs. Thank you. You're the man. Hey, Derek, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer is going to see his team lose to the New York football giants this weekend, Michael P. Duncan. You have been joined by the great Derek Fuchs. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out.